stories, sometimes they can feel maybe, okay, yeah, like we all know about Jesus. We all know about the baby Jesus. We know about that there's this and this and that and that. And so I just want to maybe do something a little fresh, a little different. So what I do need help with, um, especially maybe some of the, the younger people or young at heart in our audience today, um, if you could help me, um, since we do know this story pretty well, um, the first maybe really easy question, and here's your hint, is we're in the book of Luke. So who wrote the book of Luke? I know it's a, that's a tough question. Somebody's got to say it, though. Luke. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so he actually wrote Luke and Acts as well, which is kind of fun. So a lot of people put them together. So he wrote this, and he wrote it primarily for what we call a Gentile hearer or reader. Does anybody know what Gentile means? Yeah, not Jewish. So yeah, so he didn't grow up Jewish, right? Um, probably the majority of us um, did not grow up Jewish. Um, we would be in that audience, right? Uh, so it has certain things that are in it. Um, and so that's always unique when you do it. So there's two characters that show up, uh, other than kind of Jesus and, and Joseph and Mary, right? Um, and Fraser would have talked a little bit about them earlier, but uh, in our month, but there's, there's Zachariah and Elizabeth, okay? So Zachariah and Elizabeth, so Zachariah, he's a priest, he's a Levite, so he's basically the guy who had been doing the, the religious services, right? Um, and what ends up happening is he's there, he's doing his thing, he's living his life, um, he's, he's maybe on the older side, him and his wife, um, they don't have any kids, but it does say that they're really righteous and they follow God. Uh, and what ends up happening is an angel pops out of nowhere, um, always slightly alarming um, when you see that, and says, hey, your wife's going to have a baby. Okay, so right now, we're kind of going, oh, that's interesting. We're talking about Christmas. We're talking about Jesus. That's interesting. That's in there, right? Um, and she's older, couldn't have a baby by any normal means, um, but she becomes pregnant, uh, and all these crazy things happen. So the Holy Spirit's working, uh, angels are coming and telling people things, right? Angel then comes to Mary and says, hey, by the way, you're going to have a baby as well. Uh, and, you know, once again, <laughs> in a pretty supernatural way, um, this dude named John the Baptist is born, right? Like there's all these things happening um, that we are very familiar with, right? So that's where we're at in the story, okay? So I want you to take that and maybe just hold on to that for a minute, okay? So, um, and if I seem a little scattered, I actually had slides I was going to point to, so I'm I'm, I'm adapting here as we go. So here's my next question. So this might be a little more obscure. And just to let you know, I am fulfilling all of my nerdy fantasies today of being like a geek about the Bible today and about music. So if you see me kind of go off the rails, that's what this is. Um, does anybody know what an overture is? Yeah, piece of music. Yeah, it can be quite long. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Good. So here's your, here's your music piece, the next trivia night you're at, uh, next pub quiz, whatever you're at, if you just want to impress your friends. So overtures have changed over the years, um, but an overture traditionally would have usually been done in front of an opera. All right, so you're going, you can kind of imagine uh, the classy individual that you are, you're going to the opera, you're sitting there, and the overture starts playing, and what they do is typically they write musical themes throughout the entire show, opera, right, that are going to come up. And so you'll start hearing pieces, melodies, little bits from the songs that are going to come. 
And so it's kind of a, a signal to the audience to say, hey, this is what's coming. Maybe now a way to think of it is if you go to the cinema, right, there's previews to saying, hey, these movies are coming later on, sort of similar to that. Maybe when you open up Netflix and it's like, hey, do you remember what happened last time? And you just skip over it because nobody actually watched that. Similar to that, okay? So that's an overture. So you've got that now, okay? So we've got these two pieces of information we're working with. Um, and what I really like about the Bible is the Bible isn't boring. And you might be saying, actually, it is super boring. You're, you're totally wrong on that. And that's okay. But when I was a kid, uh, and this might sound kind of weird, um, my parents had me in this thing. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Awana's. Anyways, they had me in this like kids club thing. And uh, long story short, they basically just forced you to like memorize the Bible uh, in King James. And that was it. That's the whole basis of it. And some kids really, really liked it. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was the most boring thing ever. I was like, why are we doing this? I liked the stories that were in there, but like, I don't, one, King James is weird. But two, like, why am I just memorizing scripture? And there was never like a really good answer for it. Um, and so I just kept sitting there. I was like, this seems boring. As I grew up, as I kind of developed and, and started to read the Bible in different ways, I got to see, oh, wow, there's actually some really cool things that happen in the Bible, right? So I was just talking about overtures and music and these different things. The, the, the verses that were read for us that we're going to go through is a, rec a recording in some ways of a song sung by Mary. Um, and sometimes you kind of come across these things and we just read them and kind of go, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, that's great. Mary got a song in. Awesome. But there's so much going on here. And I think it's really cool. And what I think is really cool about it is that um, Luke, the actual writer of this, is putting this in there for a reason, right? So he's doing something creative, something thoughtful, trying to get you to think about something. Uh, at the same time, um, God himself is inspiring people to be artistic, right? Um, to use history, to use all these different elements to get us to think about things in a different way. So once again, we might be really familiar with the story of Jesus, of birth, all these things. Maybe this is going to change a little bit, and maybe this will be fresh and new. So we're going to do the opposite. We're not just going to memorize in King James today. <laughs> we're going to uh, go and do the next thing here. So, okay. Um, so if you have that, uh, if you have that verse, um, maybe you could pull it up and just, you can kind of look at it here. Okay. And as we're going through it, there's a couple things that we're expected to pick up. So when Luke is writing this, he's saying, hey, just like an overture, just like maybe the, 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 the recap on the front of a Netflix episode, pick these things up, remember these things. Okay. So we see an older couple who follow God and can't have kids. Does that remind you of anybody else in the Bible? Abraham, yes, exactly, perfect, okay? Uh, we see God creating life supernaturally. Does that remind you of anything, maybe really early in the Bible? Yeah, creation, exactly, creation, okay? Um, God choosing the weak and the lowly to do his, his work, right? Probably too many that we could count. Um, there was a bunch in there, right? Um, we see, once again, in, in kind of what we've done here, um, leading up to this is, God fulfilling his promises, right? Maybe his covenants is another way of saying it, right? So this is all led up to this song, okay? All, all, all these things. So basically what Luke is doing kind of creatively uh, is the way I wrote it down, he's just kind of cr creatively maybe punching us in the face and saying, hey, 
there's, there's something about to happen. Like, you need to pay attention. Remember all these things about God. Remember these themes. Remember these, what, what's going on. Remember the history. Remember all these other books in the Bible. Something's about to happen, right? And this, this song is here. And once again, you might kind of be like, weird, kind of random. We have a song here, but there's something important happening. And so when we think of a song, um, what we want to think of is we think of this young woman singing this song, and we go, okay, what other women maybe in the Bible have sung songs? Um, so that's my question to you. Are there any other songs you can think of of women singing songs in the Bible? I know this is a bit more eclectic. Deborah, yes, Deborah, exactly. Yes, Miriam as well. There's one more I'm thinking of. Hannah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, it's going to come from here. I just have a feeling. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's these three women, right? Uh, so we have Hannah, we have Miriam, we have Deborah, right? All these strong women, um, all singing about these different things, and there's these themes. And so once again, when you see a song, you see a woman, what Luke is trying to say is, hey, remember those songs. And what I encourage you to do to go maybe look at those throughout the week if you want to because they're really powerful on their own. Um, Hannah's song is in 1 Samuel. Uh, Miriam's is in Exodus 15. Uh, Deborah's is in Judges 5, right? Um, so these are all women who end up singing about these truths about God, about how good he is, about how powerful he is, that he kept his promises. So once again, we're getting hit over the head with this, right? Like something's coming, okay? So all that to be said, we get to this song. And I just want to sing it for us one more time with all this information in our head, okay? So Mary sings this. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Right? So this beautiful song saying, saying these truths. And even if you take these songs, you want to get really, really nerdy. Uh, there's elements from all those other songs that are in there, and it's all interwoven. And you're like, at least I'm super interested in this. And you kind of go, whoa, there's a lot going on here, right? So um, what I'm going to need now, I'm going to need six volunteers to carefully maybe walk over the chords and come over here with me. You don't have to do anything crazy. If you have a finger, that's all you need. You're just going to push down. And I can call on people if I need to. I, I'm staring somebody down right now. Okay, yeah, Leah, come on up. Zach, can you come help me? Yeah, you're already standing, okay. Yeah, okay. One, two, three, four. Two more. Yeah, okay, perfect. Thanks, Kim. One more. Oh, from the back. Okay, there he is. Okay, come over close. I took a shower today. We're, we're okay. Okay, just be careful of this cable here. So come over. Okay, do any of you... No, I know you guys have a piano in your house, so you might know this already. Do, you, do any of you play piano? No? Perfect. I couldn't have planned this any better. Okay, so here we go. Like I said, I'm going to nerd out about music, um, so let's do it. Okay, 
when you're playing music, sometimes you walk up and you kind of have this imagination before you know an instrument that I would just love to be able to walk up to the piano and just play. And it's going to sound amazing. And I'm just going to play and it's going to sound so good. Usually not the case. That's about what beginning piano sounds like, right? Same, even worse if you have a violin, they sound terrible. Because um, you have to learn how to do it, right? Now, I'm going to teach you how to play a chord. You're welcome. You can pay me later. We'll sort it out. OK, um, so I'm going to teach you how to play a C chord, which is a very basic, easy chord. OK, but to do this, we need to put three things together. OK, so I need two of you to come up to me. OK, yeah, the lads. OK, perfect. So you're going to put your, and just make sure you leave enough room for you all to, to get in here. So you're going to put a finger here. Come over here. You're going to put a finger here. Okay, and you might need to turn sideways just so that people can get in. Okay, um, <laughs> perfect. So can both of you, on the count of three, press that down? One, two, three. Okay, so that is C, okay? So that's one. You guys are one. Number one, okay? Easy to remember. Okay, I need two more to come over here. Okay, uh, I think you can get your finger in there, right? Perfect. Uh, why don't you come over by your brother here? Here, come around, come around this way. Yeah, yeah, you're still you're still on that one. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna be this one here. Okay, so you guys are gonna be three. Okay, can you press down on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Perfect. Okay, the last two. Let's see if we can squeeze you in here. Uh, okay, send him come over here. Get this guy here. Perfect. Okay, and <laughs> uh, here, scoot just a bit. Okay. Now we're okay. You're you're here. You're here. You're here. Okay. Can you go there? You you know what? You can come supervise. Come on over. Actually, I can, you know what? You'll go. You'll you'll really add something. You're right there. Okay. You're also one. Okay. So the people who I just put your fingers there, you're a five. Okay. So on the count of three, can you say? Can you press down? Okay. So one, two, three. Perfect. Okay. So one, three, and five is the basic of every chord that you're gonna make. And you kind of build off of that. Now, all of those on their own sound OK, right? OK? Now, hopefully this will work out. <laughs> okay. uh, all those on their own sound OK. Um, they don't sound bad. You kind of go, oh, that's nice. That's really cool. But when you put them together, you get something interesting. OK, so on the count of three, okay, we're all going to press down. Yeah? Can we do it? OK, ready? One, and just hold it. One, two, three. Perfect. Okay. You can go sit back down. Amazing. So good. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, AJ. I didn't have a spot for you. Um, okay. There you go. So all those things come together. And so maybe the next time you see somebody playing piano, you can kind of, oh, wow, there's there maybe more than I thought going on. Um, but they all come together to make something interesting and beautiful, right? And so the same thing, once again, um, happens in this song. So we've already had, like we said, the overture, right? There's these themes, these things we're supposed to be saying, hey, remember all this stuff. Remember back to these stories. Remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's promises. Remember God uses people um, who don't seem like they should be used. Um, God can bring life about supernaturally. He can do all these things. We've already been hit over the head with that creatively. Um, we now get to the song, and the song in and of itself is cool, but there's actually three parts to it. Yes, I did think ahead. Okay, here we go. So there's three parts, okay? And just like this chord, they come together to show us something, okay? As Mary's singing this. So maybe you can look at this on your phone or your Bible. So there's the first part here is 46 through 49. 
And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And you can think of that maybe as that first, the one, the C note that I told in the press, right? Um, so we can see she has this joy. It's centered on God being mindful. Once again, the God of the universe is mindful in thinking of her. Um, sometimes maybe when we read the story, we kind of think, oh, he kind of forced her. or He's just, she's saying, no, he thought of me and chose me, right? As his humble servant. Now she's not only going to be exalted to have Jesus be born and get to raise him forever, she will be exalted. We still talk about Mary, right? Mary's still a huge part of the story. She is forever going to be exalted. Um, God has looked beyond uh, beautiful and powerful people. Um, he's looked beyond the top of maybe the food chain. He, he's chosen this young woman from a small town who, as far as we know, is just an average person, right? Now, there's some other things we know. She has some, some ties to um, certain family lines and stuff like that, but she's just a regular, normal person. She's lowly in many ways, especially because, as far as we know, once again, she is going to have this child in what appears to be not from her husband, right? Now, we all know the story. We know that's not quite the way it works. Virgin birth and God and all the amazing things happen. But to outside people, they're going, have you heard about Mary? Right? But God has chosen her despite anything she brings to the table because he loves her and he wants her to be exalted. Right? So this is you kind of think of this is the first thing being, being played here, the first note. So God once more elevates the least to a favorite and high place. Right? This is something he has done over and over and over. Okay, second note here. So this is verses 50 through 53. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. And we just went through Isaiah, so you should know about God's arm. Uh, he has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. So, sorry, yeah. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Okay. Wow. So, uh, some people have read that and kind of like try and soften that, but that's a pretty heavy and important thing, right? What is Mary saying about God, right? Uh, and when you see fear in there, once again, every time we see fear for the most part, remember it's not fear as in being scared of God, but think of being awestruck. Think of a, you know, a 40-foot wave coming to you. It's, you're like, whoa, this is amazing, but kind of scary, and there's a lot going on here, and I just want to stand there and watch it, but I don't want to go into it, right? That's kind of the idea here. So it's not that we're scared of God in the sense that he's mean or cruel. So, I mean, even there it says his mercy extends, right? So not talking about just being scared. So what happens is God does things and he changes things throughout history and he's going to do it again right now. Mary's singing about that. So he does this one in verse 51. He does this morally, okay? In verse 52, he does this politically. In verse 53, he does this socially, right? And so we can see. He performs mighty deeds. He scatters the proud, the people who we sit there and go, is, is there ever going to be justice? This person just thinks that they can do whatever they want, right? He's brought down rulers from their thrones. Even right now, we can think of maybe people who are in power who are doing things. We're saying, what are they doing? How can they do that? Is anybody going to stop them, right? 
He filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. That's such a countercultural thing. Not only then, but even now. The rich and the powerful are not who God is looking to please. It's the lowly, the hungry, the starving, right? God is changing things in the world. Um, and once again, he's being painted as this divine warrior who has come not for the powerful in the world, but for the poor. Okay, so finally, the last note here in this chord, we can kind of, once again, we can imagine a little, little bit of the chaos there of playing the piano is in the last two verses here. In 54 through 55, it says, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors, right? And we finish this section with this call back, right? Remember those covenants, Remember the things that are promised. Remember how God has been faithful. And we just went through Isaiah. God's faithful even when we're not, right? And he makes these covenant promises and says, hey, I'm going to hold up my end. Okay? And it brings up Abraham. And we can think immediately. We're supposed to think of Abraham and his many, many descendants. And we're once again supposed to think of Abraham not only being promised this nation of Israel, but eventually, hey, that nation is going to go beyond just Israel. All my people, all the earths are going to be able to experience this. So once again, this is being written by Luke to a non-Jewish audience. We're supposed to say, this is for me. This is important. God is welcoming me into his family. He's done all these things for his people. I am now included in that. So there's a lot going on here. And it really does make this kind of theological, biblical kind of chord sound out. And there's a lot here. And a lot being done through a song by Mary, right? Who maybe, depending on your background, you're not thinking is the, oh, wow, she's a really just dynamic gospel preacher. But that's what's being preached right here in this song. God is using all these artistic, creative things through Mary to preach this gospel before the gospel is even fully there, right? Jesus hasn't even been born yet. And she's saying, this is what's going to happen. So it's this blending of the old and new. Uh, God has kept every one of his promises. He is now moving forward into the, the kind of the biggest promise that he had kept of salvation, of restoration, of all these things being done through Jesus, right? There's now moving past, and there's going to be this new kingdom. Um, it's not just going to be Israel's nation. Um, it's going to be a diverse ethnic body. Even if we look out into our own church right now, we can see that, right? God has done all these things, and he, as he does this, is going to subvert the way that we think of powerful, of importance. And he chooses people over and over again. And he works with the poor. He works with the humble. He works with the marginalized, right? And he's going to do this again. And Mary's singing and thankful for this. So maybe as we're going into Christmas tomorrow, we're thinking about this, we're thinking about this expectation, this excitement, um, even the excitement of, of good meals and good fellowship and, and gifts. Um, we can think of this picture of this, this young, soon-to-be teenage mother, low birth, low standing, uh, soon-to-be even lower social standing because the baby is not her husband's, is literally preaching the gospel through this song, this good news of what God is going to do before it's happened. So the kingdom now is going to be so different. God's kingdom that we are all now invited into is so different, and, and it's just going to be changed forever because of this baby being born. 
And you can see all the history, all these things, all these themes that have gone in before that she's singing about, that she's bringing back again. That even when you hear those songs, you're going, oh, God's done this through Deborah. He's done this through Hannah. He's done this through Miriam. And God's used all these people and done all these amazing things. We are now part of that thanks to Jesus. So um, there's a good quote that I found um, from a guy named Osborne uh, who talks about this. And he said it this way, in talking about Elizabeth, right, uh, Mary's cousin, and, and Mary herself with kind of these, these pregnancies and these births and these kind of supernatural things going on. So he said, the two miracles, the one to be born to a mother long past the age of conception, the other born to a virgin in fulfillment of Isaiah 714 are together. The stage is set for the single most important period of time history will ever know. Right? And it can be easy to look over that as we go into Christmas, that we are part of this story, we're living into this, and Jesus has done this for us. And he has come as a baby, lived as a human, and, and died for our sins, and now lives again. And we get to be a part of this. Right? And all this is being done, and God does this creatively. And he chooses to use Mary. He chooses to probably inspire with the song. And we, thousands of years later, get to hear about it, get to rejoice in it as well, and take a part of this. So hopefully that maybe just gives us a, a different way of looking at the story that sometimes can feel a little bit familiar. Um, so as we go into Christmas tomorrow, as we're excited and we're ready, um, and maybe we're ready for family to leave, whatever it is, uh, wherever we're at, whatever the business is, even as I said in my own life, um, Mary went through this. Joseph went through this. Jesus even went through this. God knows all these things. He cares. And he cares for us. He cares for you. And he has done so much through so many different people, so many different things, and even through his own son to bring us salvation. And that's what we get to celebrate tomorrow. So in closing, let me pray for us as we just reflect on this. Dear Father God, we just thank you. We thank you so much that you love us, that you care about us, that you've given us so many beautiful things, even um, music, even the, the chord that was played um, by the young people of our church there, even just that, just that we have these ways to express things. We have your Bible, we have songs, we have history, we have all these ways that you show your love, your power to us. Um, and the ultimate example is, um, as Mary says, is this, this incarnation this, this God becoming a human being, and not just that, but living as a human being, understanding what we go through, understanding the pains that we have, and being the only righteous person to, to fulfill what needed to be done so that we could have a relationship with you. And as we celebrate all that goes into that tomorrow, um, it can be easy to forget that. So I just thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you that you love us. That you, just as Mary, you've chosen us, you've called us, um, you want us to be a part of your family. And so we thank you for that. We celebrate this ultimate gift, even as we open gifts, as we do these fun things tomorrow, that we just are thinking of this. So we pray this all in your name. Amen.